Chapter 47 Into Darkness I really have to stop with this fainting thing. Link awoke, feeling sore everywhere and badly bruised. For the longest time, he lay there, slowly regaining his senses. As time passed, his limbs and skull throbbed in dull agony. What happened? He wanted nothing more than to sink into the pillow and drift back to sleep. Maybe he'd feel better if he did. Knowing that wasn't likely, he tried ignoring the pain, focusing instead on his breathing. Moaning weakly, Link struggled to open his heavy eyelids. The incessant pounding in his head intensified, drumming painfully against the inside of his skull. Link? A soft feminine voice caught the edge of his hearing. He squinted up at the wooden ceiling above, his eyes struggling to adjust to the light streaming through a grimy window. Now where am I? The slightest movement caused a wave of nausea to swirl around his head. There was a strange metallic taste in his mouth, and he was parched, making swallowing difficult. An azure light suddenly seared across his vision, pricking his eyes like dozens of tiny needles. Oh, Navi, he groaned, bringing a hand to his face. Watch the eyes. Sorry, Navi said, quickly relocating to a post at the bed's head. How are you feeling? You took quite a beating. Certainly feels like I did. Link croaked. Was I out long? Not this time, Navi answered. There was an odd tension in her voice, and he met her worried gaze, knowing she didn't believe him. I'm okay, Link lied. In truth, he was sure being run over by a horse would have left him in less pain. He didn't want to cause Navi any further worry, so Link did his best to hide that he was hurt. Another figure came into view, peering down at Link. It was a rather grim-faced Zora. Startled, Link pushed himself onto his elbows and reflexively reached for his weapon. He quickly relaxed, pressing his back against the wall. Surprised by Link's reaction, the Zora had taken a step away from Link. My apologies, he said. I didn't mean to startle you. Who are you? Link asked, trying not to sound rude. He's a healer, Navi explained quickly. My name is Mirin, the Zora said before Navi could get another word out. Can you tell me what happened? Link asked. You need rest, Mirin replied. Those are Lady Sheik's orders. Where is Sheik? Link persisted. She is well, Mirin answered and something in his tone made Link realize that the Zora wasn't going to tell him anything. That didn't make him feel better, but surely Murin must have known he'd just asked Navi. Murin turned and took a potion from the nightstand. He studied it for an instant, swirling its bright red contents. Link tried a different tact. Where's Rudo? The Zora still didn't budge. Instead, Murin ignored him, proffering the vile concoction he held with a meaningful look. Drink. It will help. Reluctantly, Link accepted the potion and stared at it in disgust. He knew exactly what it was. Staring at it won't make it taste better, Navi said. Drink? Murin repeated firmly, 
Knowing most Zora had little patience with what they considered pesky Hylians, Link grimaced, and then removing the stopper, quickly downed the rancid liquid. As the warm potion descended into the pit of his stomach with a horrid burning sensation, Link gagged and coughed, his eyes watering. A strange warmth spread through his abdomen, and then his limbs, and as it did, the pain went. Ugh, thank you, Link said, handing the empty bottle back to the Zora. Before Link could try questioning him further, the Zora turned and gestured towards the table. There was a platter of food on it, a simple meal of bread, soup, and cheese. The medicine may take some time to completely alleviate your injuries, Murin informed him. I suggest you eat something in the meantime. While the potion does accelerate the healing process, it does so at the cost of your body's reserves. Eating will help counter that. I know, Link thought. He was more interested in knowing what was going on. Before he could do so much as pry a sliver of information out of the Zora, Mirin departed. Talkative fellow, Link muttered. He really hated not knowing what was happening. Was Kakariko safe? Where was Sheik? And what of Impa and Halvard? Intending to find out whether Murin agreed to or not, he swung his legs off the bed. His head swam as he did, forcing Link to brace himself against the bed. Are you sure you're okay? Navi asked. I'm fine, Navi, Link insisted, before adding with a rueful smile. Getting flattened by some shadow demon seems almost normal, all things considered. He stretched, trying to loosen the painful knots in his neck and shoulders. He furrowed his brow as he tried recalling more events of last night. After his discovery that Kakariko was ablaze and Epona bolting, Link's memory was a confused blur. The last thing he remembered was a strange monster bursting out of Kakariko's well. Where exactly are we? Link asked. He looked at the animal fur draped across the floor, which any Kokiri would have found extremely distasteful. Link saw the poor beast's head, and was quite certain that Soraya would have been in several kinds of hysterics if she ever saw it. We're inside the Dancing Goron Inn, Nabi said. This room belongs to the innkeeper's brother. She convinced him to let you stay here. She thought you could use some privacy, since the other rooms are being used to treat the wounded. Link felt a rush of gratitude towards Sheik. It was short-lived, though, for his mind was racing, trying to catch up with everything. Then, when he realized what Navi had just said, his stomach twisted. Wounded! Navi's delicate smile faded. I... I'll fill you in, but only once you've eaten. Navi? Link began. He took one look at Navi's face and realized she wasn't going to budge. If anything, that made him more anxious about whatever Navi was keeping a secret. Not even the Zora, Murin, whoever he was, wanted to tell him. If Navi was refusing to talk until certain he wasn't going to pass out again, it must have been bad. Link eyed the plate of food on the table, his stomach growling. The potion was already making him sleepy, and Link knew it would only get worse if he didn't eat. With that, Link leapt to his feet, stumbling a little, and headed for the food. After being in the Gerudo Desert, and having eaten little except pottage and Halvard's simple provisions, even this bland meal tasted delicious. When Link finished, which, as usual, didn't take long, 
Navi filled him in on the recent events. The more she went on, the more Link wished he hadn't eaten at all. When Navi reached the part about the villagers being kidnapped, and that Impa and Halvard were missing, Link interrupted her. How many are missing? He asked. At least half of the townsfolk, and just as many among the remaining refugees. So great was the struggle to take in Navi's words that Link felt dizzy. Has anyone tried to rescue them? He asked slowly. Impa, Halvard, and at least a dozen soldiers from the Queen's Banner. At Link's blank stare, Navi promptly added, That's the name of Zelda's resistance, remember? He didn't. Instead, Link sank further into his chair, eyeing the last few crumbs of cheese on his plate. He was feeling worse with each passing moment. He also felt numb. It seemed too much like a mockery from the goddesses. Just as he was beginning to feel more optimistic about awakening the final sage, Ganondorf had managed to land a desperate and savage blow. Something itched in the back of his mind. Hadn't Forns taught him to never corner an opponent or wild animal? Doing so would cause them to become as savage and unpredictable as a wild beast. Ganondorf had nothing to lose, or so it seemed, and now cornered. He'd done exactly as Forens predicted. What about Halvard and Impa? One look at the sorrow within Navi's gaze, and Link didn't want to know. It didn't seem possible that they could be gone. There. No. He didn't want to voice his fears. He cast his gaze away from Navi, struggling with the surge of emotions welling inside of him. Two of the most powerful sorcerers he'd ever known were missing. Presumed dead. He felt angry that he hadn't defeated the Necromancer when it attacked. Even though he had been tired from fighting against Twinrova, he still should have defeated it. How long ago did they leave? He asked, trying to end the awful silence. Yesterday, when the seal first broke, Navi answered, landing on the table. I thought you should know that Epona's okay. That's something positive at least. Ingo's looking after her. Ingo, that... Link stopped himself short of saying anything rude. Then he realized something. Wait, if Ingo's here, have you seen Malin? Navi took a long time to reply. Her silence made Link's insides grow cold with dread. Navi read the look on his face, and her eyes quickly widened in horror. What? No, she's here. At least she was here, or so I heard. But... What do you mean by was? Link raised his voice slightly, earning Navi's worried glance. She's missing, Navi answered, voice weak. She was taken along with the others. Missing? Link repeated. Sheik thinks there's a chance the villagers are still alive. Then, Link paused, trying to stem turbulent emotions coursing through him. Navi's words gave him focus. The distraction was all he needed. We have to find them. He jumped to his feet so fast that he knocked the chair over, startling Navi. The longer we wait! He hurried over to his bags and clothes folded neatly by the wardrobe. We can't go just yet, Navi said, flying over as Link began throwing his clothes on and getting his effects together in what must have been record time. What do you mean we can't go just yet? Link demanded, raising his voice slightly. He clasped the Master Sword behind him noticing that the sword was glowing faintly. 
Link presumed this had something to do with the Shadow Temple's recently broken seal. He looked at Navi, waiting for her answer. She opened her mouth to reply, but stopped, her head turning towards the door at the sound of voices arguing. It sounded like two Zoras and a couple of gravelly-sounding Gorons were bickering. They better not be bringing me Dodongo stew, Link muttered, stepping towards the door, certain that he recognized one of those voices. Or any other dubious food they can think of, Navi added, but Link's attention was on the conversation behind the door. I was ordered to let nobody through, the irritated Zora interrupted. But Lady Sheik sent me. If Sheik wants to see him, tell her to come herself. Just how do you plan to stop us going in? Another Goron growled angrily. Malachite! Are you threatening me? One Zora demanded. Link decided to step in before the argument got out of hand. He swung the door open, revealing two Zora guards and two Gorons standing on the other side. One Goron, Gemite, greeted Link with a friendly smile, while the other just looked irritable. We're terribly sorry for the disturbance. One of the Zora guards started before Link waved off his apology. Gemite's a friend, Link answered. I'll be fine with him. Oh, well in that case, are you certain you are no longer in need of us? Yes, I'm certain, thank you, Link said. Why were so many Zoras so fastidious about being polite? Rudo certainly wasn't one of them, at least not in his company. She didn't care about things like that. Very well then, Master Link. The Zora turned to his companion, exchanging a few words in Zoran before they bowed and departed. It is good to see you, brother, Gemite said, offering him a gentle clap on the shoulder that nearly managed to topple Link over. It probably would have, had Link not braced for it. This here is Malachite, Gemite continued, gesturing to the Goron beside him, who was currently picking at a gem stuck between his teeth. He's been guarding the inn. Gemite glanced over Link's shoulder, and his eyes settled on the finished platter of food. I'm sorry if we disturbed you. You didn't, Link assured him. I heard you say Sheik wanted to see me? Gemite growled, saying, Yes, she's waiting for you in Lady Impa's house. Best not keep her waiting. Sheikah, all the same, Malachite growled between picking at a gem between his teeth. Always in a hurry. Always making trouble. Gemite and Link ignored him. Where's Impa's house? Link asked. I will show you, Gemite beckoned. Each step from Gemite's heavy gait made the floor tremble. They walked down the corridor, passing the smell of freshly baked bread wafting from the kitchens, and went towards the common room. A woman shuffled past, carrying a bucket of dirty bandages and looking ill. Another shuffled past Link, carrying clean linen, her steps urgent. When Link entered the spacious common room, he could see why she appeared distressed. The tables were gone, replaced with makeshift cots filled with the injured. There were no musicians playing, and no warm fire to greet weary travelers. Instead, there was only the occasional moan. The room was cold, far too cold for an inn. A healer wandered amidst the injured, hardly paying Gemite attention, so long as he didn't get in the way or tread on anyone. 
The worst of those injured were placed here, Jemite explained quietly. All townsfolk. He shook his head with a soft growl. Such a terrible thing to happen. There were people swathed in bandages, some soaked in crimson from wounds bleeding too much or too long. The room stunk of blood and the strong tang of alcohol. Some of the wounded were only children, and the sight made Link's heart ache. Some were no older than he was during his journey's start. But unlike him, they had never known what it was like to have a safe and secluded existence. One boy cried for his parents, wanting to know where they were. Little did he realize they wouldn't come, because they couldn't. The healer soothed him as best she could, before moving on amongst her other patients. Link stood transfixed for a moment, his eyes upon the sniffling boy. Be strong, brother, Gemite encouraged Link right before patting him on the shoulder with a painful thump. This time, Link wasn't prepared and found himself knocked into Malachite, his forehead smacking into the Goron's shoulder. Be strong for them. Link almost smiled, appreciating the Goron for his words, but not the throbbing pain that was his head. Thanks, Gemite, Link grunted, rubbing his head. They were causing a stir now. Link realized for the first time that his sword, with its glowing amber gem, was getting a lot of attention. More eyes turned to see what the fuss was about, and murmurs of astonishment rippled amongst those well enough to take notice. We better go, Link, Navi suggested. The healer started marching over to Link, an irate expression on her face. Sorry, we were just leaving, Navi told her, as Link hastened to the door before the healer could say anything. They went outside, and Link paused at the front porch, bracing the stairs railing. He gripped it hard, knuckles turning white as he fought to calm his breathing. He could still smell the blood in those haunting expressions, the look of eyes that had seemed too much. It was something Link understood all too well. Some of the Kokiri had worn similar expressions when he returned them to their homes. Even now, Link could barely fathom the hardship they had endured in the last seven years, both at the Gerudo hands and at the hands of the Blin. The Gerudo might have had a sense of honor, but he couldn't have said the same for the Blin. Link shut his eyes, willing himself to think of something else. Link? Navi's concerned voice brought him back to reality. Behind him, Gemite and Malachite looked at him anxiously. Are you alright, brother? Gemite asked. Link nodded. He was shaking, but not entirely from the surge of unpleasant memories the bedridden villagers had sent charging through his mind. Yeah, I just... When I see how much suffering Ganondorf has caused, it's just... Overwhelming? Navi answered solemnly. Link nodded mutely. I know what you mean. I just feel so angry, Link told her quietly, bowing his head and breathing hard as he tried quelling his emotions. After what's happened, and now this? He gestured at the buildings. Not to anything in particular, but Navi got the idea. Let it motivate you, brother, Gemite said, his voice booming. Use your anger, but don't keep it inside. That is not healthy. 
Thanks, Gemite, Link said, heaving a sigh and releasing some of the tension in his muscles. That's what Darunia has always said, Gemite continued. Then he smiled wanly. Can't say it stopped him from breaking things. We'll still set it right, Navi said in the meantime. Won't we? We will, Link agreed. An annoying little voice inside his head asked him how he planned on doing that, but he ignored it. Right now, he needed to focus on the most immediate concern, rescuing the captured villagers. Navi came to rest on his bruised shoulder, and he offered her a smile. Let's see what Sheik wants, Link said. Knowing her, she's probably worked up a plan already, and I'm not going to like it. Probably not, Navi replied with a small laugh. Gemite strode ahead of them, with Malachite and Link following. Link desperately wanted to check on Epona and see how she was doing and promised to her that he would find Malin. It was a silly sentiment, but he was convinced Epona understood him nearly as well as Navi. Instead, he passed the stables and trudged along the sodden path towards Impa's house. Guards and soldiers, many wearing sigils that Link didn't recognize, stared at him briefly. Only the Hylian soldiers gave him more than a second glance, murmuring to each other. Impa's house wasn't far at all. Link stopped in front of an older stone building with paint peeling from its shutters. Only two villagers walked by, both making a determined effort to give the house a wide berth and avoid even looking at it. Somebody had scratched a sign on the door, a teardrop with a symbol carved into its center. It's a ward against evil spirits, Navi said when Link pointed it out. Or at least, it's supposed to be. It didn't do much good last night, Link thought. Sheik is inside, Gemite gestured towards the door, before grinning sheepishly. I would come with you, but Sheik is worried I might break something. He sounded embarrassed, and Link fought hard not to laugh at the images this conjured. It faded quickly, and he bid Gemite farewell before stepping into the house. So wait, let me get this straight, Navi said slowly, hovering above Link's shoulder. Somebody sealed a demon inside a mask? Then you killed it, and now this necromancer wants to resurrect it and reseal it into the mask? She paused trying to gauge Sheik's reaction. Right? They were seated in Impa's sitting room, with the Shadow Temple map sprawled across the table. Link rubbed his knuckles against his forehead, still trying to digest everything Sheik had said. It made the pit of his stomach turn to ice. Dark Link was back. Somehow, the necromancer had regenerated the demon after his encounter with Link. Now, the demon had stolen something, a mask of great and terrible power. That's correct, Zelda, or rather Sheik, said. Link reminded himself to call her Sheik, and not by her royal title. A soft chiming caught Link's attention. It was coming from an odd contraption on the mantle that Navi called a clock. Malin and Talon didn't have one at their ranch. Only the wealthiest of nobles could afford it. Rather than just an array of numbers, this clock had an unusual arrangement of red and blue patterns, some shaped like a bird. Runes dotted the sides, engraved into rings that rimmed the clock's edges. The innermost ring was turning, marking each second with a rumbling click. Link was so busy paying attention to the clock 
lost deep within his thoughts, that he didn't notice when Sheik started talking again. At least not until she promptly stopped. Were you paying attention to anything I just said? She asked angrily. Link turned, snapping out of his thoughts faster than he'd sunken into them. Sheik seemed moody at the moment, but given recent events, he hardly blamed her. Yes, we have to stop the necromancer before he resurrects this... Uh... Link racked his brains before realizing he'd forgotten the name already. Mask. What did you call it? Majora, Sheik said, her voice turning icy. It's a demon. The mask was a vessel in which Majora was sealed. Why the heck would anyone store a demon inside a mask capable of destroying an entire world? Navi asked in a bewildered tone. We know very little of the people who made the mask, Sheik said, pausing briefly to pour herself some more tea. She offered Link one, but he declined. Their intention was not to only imprison Majora, but also bend the demon towards their will and control it. Their attempt failed, and the mask was hidden. So what was Halvor doing with it? Navi asked incredulously. Carrying something that dangerous around with you seems almost as smart as traversing Death Mountain with a bag of Goron fireworks while the mountain is erupting. Didn't we do something like that? Link asked. Goron bombs aren't what you'd call safe. That was different, Navi said before turning back to Sheik. So, why did Halvard keep this... thing? He didn't realize what it was capable of, Sheik explained with a shake of her head. Not at first. And then he tried to find someone who could destroy it. In other words, you? Link asked. Sheik nodded. Yes, only the Triforce Bearers can destroy one of the Ancients. The Ancients? Link asked. Just when he thought things weren't confusing enough, Sheik reminded him of how little he knew. The Ancients were the tribe, or the beings, from which originated the Golden Goddesses. Why is Ganondorf only implementing this plan now? Link questioned, not certain he was entirely following what Sheik said. While still in his right mind, he probably considered it too dangerous. But now... Sheik shook her head, rubbing a hand against her forehead. Though she was veiled, Link couldn't miss the deep shadows under her eyes, nor her weary speech. Now, he is a desperate man with nothing left to lose. Well, Navi muttered, Lucky us! How long do we have until the necromancer attacks again? Link asked, choosing to ignore Navi's sarcasm. Until nightfall, Sheik answered bluntly, her eyes falling on the clock as it continued its endless march, its every chime bringing them closer and closer to the necromancer's return. Nightfall? Navi gasped. That's barely six hours away! Who knows what the necromancer has done to the people he captured? She held her hands up to silence the agitated sprite. I couldn't let Link go in there as injured as he was. When Link opened his mouth to protest, she beat him to it. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to risk it. Even though this map will be helpful. She gestured towards the parchment. All I know is that retrieving the medallion and rescuing the villagers will be no small task.
You don't think he's killed them yet? Link asked. His throat tightened at the thought. That even Malin could be dead sent an icy torrent of fear running through him. The Lons had done so much for him, and it was thanks to Malin and Talon that he'd survived his near-death experience years ago. Instead of repaying them, he'd left them without a home. Link knew the Lons didn't blame him, but he still felt responsible. Sheik was far too quiet for his liking. I don't know, she almost whispered. We can only hope they are still alive. Then we have to hurry, Link said, standing up so suddenly that both Navi and Sheik were taken by surprise. He threw on his gear, then stopped when he noticed everyone staring. Sheik was giving him a long, calculated look, while Navi looked rather impressed. What? He asked, bewildered. You seem unusually eager, Sheik observed. There was an odd note on the edge of her voice. It almost sounded like... Pride? If those people are still alive, we have to save them, he told her. Including Malin, he told himself. You are eager, Sheik said. You said it yourself, Link said, voice filling with newfound determination. If we don't hurry, the necromancer will attack again. I know, Sheik replied. I just didn't expect you to jump at the opportunity of running into the Shadow Temple. I was expecting more... resistance. What do you mean? Link asked, his face coloring. You weren't this enthusiastic before, Sheik said, and Link was almost sure she was smiling. He wasn't that enthusiastic about entering the Shadow Temple, and a part of him was utterly terrified, but he knew what had to be done. If we don't go now, those people could die, Link said, hoping it wasn't already too late. There's only one way inside that isn't blocked, Sheik told him. Through Impa's study, I can lead the way. Just wait there. Without elaborating, she got up and disappeared into one of the bedrooms. She reappeared a moment later, a satchel hung on one side and a medallion in one hand. Link recognized it as she handed it to him. The water medallion. Rudo gave you this? Link asked. One of the Zora gave it to me. As for Rudo, she took Raru's advice and is now inside the sacred realm, Sheik explained. Rudo taking advice? Navi asked skeptically. That's a first! She might be annoying, Navi, but the Zora made her queen for a reason, Sheik said crisply, not at all amused. Sorry, Navi said without sounding very apologetic. I didn't realize you two were getting along. A part of Link was relieved. At least she was safe. That left finding the Shadow Medallion, and the Lens of Truth could show them where it was, so long as they had Sheik's map. He couldn't see anything on the parchment, yet its magic fascinated him. He didn't glance at it long before Sheik folded the paper up and stuffed it in her bag along with the lens. She checked her daggers belted to her side, and the two hidden within her boots. Far from reassuring him that they were well equipped to face whatever was inside the Shadow Temple, this made Link more nervous. Far from reassuring him that they were well equipped to face whatever was inside the Shadow Temple, this made Link more nervous. 
He knew Sheik always kept a knife on her, even when sleeping, and once she'd nearly stabbed him, only to realize her knife was missing. This, on the other hand, was a bit excessive. Um, what's down there exactly? He asked, besides the necromancer. I have only heard rumors and stories. There isn't enough time to research the rest, Sheik answered. That made Link apprehensive. Impa never told you? She did not. Just my luck, Link thought. Running half-blind, as always. Without another word, they entered the larder and made their way into Impa's study. Finally, after descending a long staircase, they reached a doorway. As Link shivered, wondering why it had gotten so cold, Sheik pried the door open. Whoa, Link said, entering the dilapidated study and taking care not to step on a scroll near the door. Did he do this? Sheik nodded. The room was a mess. Books and scrolls were tossed from shelves, and the contents from the nearby bench were scattered across the floor. Sheik didn't linger, quickly directing him to a library where the torches sprung to life. Link wished they wouldn't do that. It was unnerving. Was anything else taken? Navi asked. Not to my knowledge. Sheik answered without slowing. They stopped in the library center, and Sheik motioned for Link to help her roll up the carpet containing a Triforce symbol. Beneath it was a trap door, and the Sheikah emblem painted on it. It's down here? Link asked. Sheik nodded. There's a portal in the main chamber that leads back to the graveyard. We can use it, so long as you keep the ocarina with you. At least it'll be easier to get out, Navi said. Not like last time somebody took a wrong turn. Thanks, Navi, Link said. He knew she was only trying to keep him from falling too far into memories. They both knew that if he fell into a river of misery, the currents would quickly sweep him away. He wasn't quite sure how to avoid it, but when Link remembered how close he'd come to drowning in that despair, he was determined not to let it happen again. Link hauled the trapdoor open, grunting under its weight as Sheik helped. They stared into the hole, seeing nothing but darkness. Link frowned and looked up at Navi. He wasn't sure how the Shadow Temple would affect her. He wanted to tell her to stay, but knew she wouldn't. He could stuff her into a bottle, but she wouldn't forgive him for that anytime soon. As if reading his mind, minus the bottle idea, Navi smiled. Don't worry, I'll be fine. But Link knew fairies were creatures of light. Surely a place of such powerful shadow magic would not be good for them. It's not like we plan on being down there for long. Navi pointed out. Navi will be fine, Sheik said reassuringly. I already asked her if she would be okay accompanying you. All right, Link said. He looked up at Navi, feeling resolute. If you start getting ill, I'm bringing you back to the village. Goddesses, Navi breathed. You sound like my mother. Link almost smiled. Instead, he peered back at the trap door and deep into the darkness beyond. Doubt and fear plagued him in an endless battle that would have claimed his sanity if he let them. The longer he stood, the more his mind conjured images of grotesque, undead things crawling out of that hole. Lucky last temple, huh? Navi asked with feigned cheer, tearing him away from his overactive imagination. Yeah, lucky. He repeated with a faint smirk. 
I'll go first, Navi suggested, quickly diving down the hole and silencing Link's objections before he could speak. It's clear, Navi called after what seemed like an eternity, her voice faint. Link took a deep breath and grasped the ladder's rungs. Well, here goes. He clambered down the rungs and into the darkness below. <laughs>